Okay, let's talk about your next patient. Next patient is a 76-year-old male who has an underlying history of coronary artery disease, hypertension, fairly long-standing diabetes, who presented with a fairly prolonged period of low extremity edema that was really quite progressive, extensive, underwent further evaluation by numerous physicians, and ultimately was found to have a significant nephrotic range proteinuria. My recollection is his initial protein in his urine was close to about six grams. He was referred to a nephrologist for further evaluation, and as part of their standard workup, he was found to have a IgG kappa on serum immunofixation. He then underwent a kidney biopsy, which showed diabetic nephrosclerosis, but he was also found to have superimposed membranoproliferative and exudative glomerulonephritis with monoclonal IgG kappa deposits. He was then referred to me where he underwent further workup, including bone marrow, which showed 3 to 5% IgG kappa plasma cells in his bone marrow. He had elevated kappa-free light chains of 82, lambda-free light chains of 37 in a ratio of 2.2. He had no detectable M spike on serum protein electrophoresis. He had no M protein detected on immunofixation. And he underwent a repeat 24-hour urine analysis that showed predominantly albumin with no evidence of light chains in his urine. He was found to have no evidence of amyloidosis in his kidney or bone marrow biopsy. At that time, I thought his findings were consistent with a non-Randall-type proliferative glomerulonephritis with monoclonal immunoglobulin deposits, and the patient was started on weekly subcutaneous bortezomib, weekly oral cyclophosphamide, and weekly dexamethasone. And what happened? Right now, he's completing his third month of therapy. He's tolerating it very well. He seems to be responding to therapy based on a decrease in his involved kappa-free light chains in his serum, and his kidney function has stabilized with a creatinine of 1.7 to 1.9, and he has had a slight decrease in the amount of protein in his urine, down from a high of around 6,000 milligrams to currently about 4,500 milligrams. So what are your thoughts? It doesn't sound like that dramatic of a response at this point. Well, except that I think symptomatically he's much better. The edema, I mean, he had pretty significant lower extremity edema even today, but from what I gather, that's remarkably better. He's lost about 40 pounds of fluid weight in the last few months. So I think he's on the road to getting where he needs to be. And I think this case highlights what my colleague who sees most of our amyloid patients keeps telling me over and over again. It's not the size of the protein that matters, it's the function of the protein. And in this case, clearly that function is important because it's binding and inhibiting kidney function. This, I think, was a really interesting case that could easily have been missed if the workup weren't as complete and thorough as it was, and is one where I think the response may be slow, but ultimately the long-term benefit could be pretty good. So do you think there maybe are cases like this where the myeloma is missed and, you know, they're treated with the idea that it's diabetic-induced? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we talked about another case that you have as well where it was an unusual presentation in the kidneys, I believe, as right. well. Right. And we've had a couple of these sort of light-chain deposition diseases as well where the nephrologists are the ones that really make the diagnosis with their kidney biopsy, and then it's incumbent on us to sort of go back and do the homework. What's the likelihood that he's going to have a complete reversal of this nephrotic syndrome? 
I don't know that complete reversal is really the long-term goal. I mean, he's already had improvement. I think you want to prevent further declines in his renal function. It may be, again, akin to the amyloid patient who you may not reverse all of their proteinuria, but you reverse some of their proteinuria, and you allow their kidney function to not deteriorate. What's non-Randall type proliferative GN? Is that something I should have learned in med school? No, I mean, I think this is, I mean, part of the reason why I wanted to present this was because there's this whole new entity called monoclonal gammopathy of renal significance. And there was just a consensus paper published in blood, I think really to make oncologists more aware of this disease entity. And I think it's led to patients being more aggressively evaluated by kidney biopsies, because many of these patients were not getting kidney biopsies. It was assumed that their nephrotic syndrome was related to their diabetes. And most likely this patient would have gotten worse Mm -hmm. without having the correct diagnosis. The non-Randall type is just one of the different types of kidney patterns that are seen on, it's really a pathological diagnosis based on the kidney biopsy and how the immunoglobulin proteins can deposit in the kidney and the different effects they can have on various parts of the kidney, which is all in that consensus paper. Just out of curiosity, do you think most oncologists know what non-Randall type is? No, I I don't think it's important to know exactly what non-Randall type is, but uh, probably not. Whenever I hear something I never heard before, I'm always kind of curious. It's like every day. Sounds exotic. (laughs) Ten times a day. (laughs) Okay, let me see. Anything Anything else about him or about this case? This was, to me, a really, it was a great case. And I think this is one of those where you have to, I mean, the patient's getting better. Even though the numbers are not dramatically better, you know that you're going down the right, right. road. Yeah. What about his functioning? Is that improved also? Yeah, he has relatively good functioning. He's, again, got a very supportive wife. He's a very laid-back gentleman who's, you know, sort of just goes day by day, but he seems to be doing quite well. And except for some fatigue, he's really asymptomatic from his disease, and he's tolerating his treatment very well with really no significant issues at all. 